0: Limerick Today with Joan Nash on Live 95.
1: With HSC Midwest. For updated factual information, see hsc.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives. One of the most fascinating aspects of all of what's happening to us at the moment is the sort of impact it has in ways that you would never even think of unless maybe you're involved in um, a particular business or, or whether that's farming or indeed the law or um, uh, lots of other things. Well, family law solicitor in Limerick, Patricia O'Connor, is on the line. Good morning to you, Patricia. Um, Good morning, though. So, I mean, you were dealing with things in a way that you know you would never have dreamt of a few weeks ago.
0: Yeah, and I suppose the, the most startling thing is how quickly it's all changed. I mean, thankfully we have email, thankfully we have Skype and all of that, so you can still keep in touch with science. But obviously, um, for argument's sake, the, the, divorce, the consent divorce list was listed for Limerick Circuit Court on Friday the 13th of March, which probably wasn't very auspicious anyway. But at 5 o'clock, that, that was the day before uh, Leo Radker closed the schools and the colleges, so at 5 o'clock we got an email to say the court wasn't going ahead. So we had a lot of very disappointed people whose divorces weren't going to go ahead that day. And we haven't had court since. So it's difficult from that point of view. It's difficult for people because they can't see a time frame and how things are going to, to happen after this.
1: So Does that mean, Patricia, that you know, they will remain married until an unspecified date in the future when yeah. divorces can go through?
0: Yeah, until we get another date for consent divorces. And I mean, if, if when you think about it, it's amazing. This virus that originated in China has a knock-on effect on somebody's marriage in Limerick, you know?
1: That is fascinating.
0: But yeah. also, there
1: are rules, very strict rules, laws in many cases, around how solicitors deal with clients and how much needs to be face-to-face, for example.
0: Yeah, I mean... Well, I, Well, it's more traditionally than anything else, really. But certainly for things like wills, the requirements for a valid will are set out in the Succession Act 1965. And you can't really get around that. Um, You know, what we're doing with wills at the moment is that the Law Society has issued very helpful guidelines. And I have to commend the Law Society. They've been very quick and very on the ball with this. You know, we're getting lots of regular emails as to recommendations and advices and so on. Um, particularly with the, the idea of wills, it's something sort of that's in my head at the moment because a lot of people are contacting me about wills and they're concerned that maybe they made a will years ago when they bought a house or they haven't made a will and now they've had children and they need they, they, they want to provide for the children or make sure that they're provided for. So things like that are, are very relevant to people at the moment. Um, I mean, what, what about
1: FaceTime and Skype and signing wills through uh, panes of glass and all sorts of weird I've stuff? Done
0: I've done it, yeah, and it's funny how weird it becomes the norm. Um, anyone that's seen me skulking around neighbours' front gardens recently will, will realise this is what I was up to. I haven't had a, a change of heart and gone casing joints or something. Um no, what what the lot of i are recommending is that where possible take your instructions to well, FaceTime um or or you know, some sort of app like that if you can. Otherwise if if you can't, then the telephone will, will just have to work fine. Um, try, well, get the draft will prepared and out to the person. Um, Most people thankfully have email, but a lot of older people wouldn't. So what we're doing is posting wills out to them um, because they have to be satisfied that this is what they want, this is what they're signing. Um, And then once they're satisfied with the contents of the will, what well, initially the law society were recommending okay, if people are coming into your practice observe social distancing and so on, but that's changed now because obviously older people can't come out so what I've been doing is going to people's houses, uh, myself and, and a witness. You require two witnesses for a will. The valid requirements for a will are set out as a in the succession act. But one of the main requirements is that it's signed by the testator in the presence of two witnesses, each of whom also then signs. So that was what was going to pose a difficulty here. So what we're doing is um, we are going to the house the person will have set up maybe a desk or chair or something inside the window. It's usually, thankfully, sitting room windows tend to have fairly fairly large or sitting rooms tend to have fairly large windows there. So um, post the will through the letterbox. It's collected by carer or the person themselves or whatever. They come to their side of the window and they will sign the will so that the two witnesses outside can actually witness the signing of the will. The will is then posted back out through the letterbox and the two witnesses sign outside so that the testator can see them sign also. So the the requirements of the Act are being fulfilled there.
1: But what I mean, for example, does the solicitor have to travel in one car and the witness in another?
0: Well, that's recommended if you are independent, like if you're different households. In my case, I've brought, I have children that are over 18, so I've brought them with me and they've been able to witness because anyone can witness the will. You, you don't need to. The, the witness doesn't need to know the contents of the will. All they need to know is that they have seen this person sign the uh, the, the the will in their presence, and that they've they've signed their signature as well. So, uh, in other cases, in one other case, um, the na- a neighbour had come over, and had had been had been asked by the testator, would they come over and just sign the will? And we just met them and explained to them very briefly. So, so, a proper social so you
1: have this mad scene. Where you and a witness, obviously physically distancing appropriately yes, yourselves, yes, absolutely. are standing outside the window of someone's sitting room, looking in, where they've set up a desk and they are signing the will in your presence through the pane of glass. Yeah, that's
0: that's what we've had to do. I mean, they the actually. I have to say that you, you is can't... one of, that is
1: one of the weirdest things I've ever heard.
0: Well, you know, it's funny how quickly it's become the norm, but yeah, I mean, if somebody told me four weeks ago that this is what I was going to be doing, I would have said, yeah, right, (laughs) what are you on? (laughs) You know, but uh, yeah, it has very quickly become the norm.
1: Okay, Um, well, we're chatting to Patricia O'Connor, who's a family law solicitor here in Limerick. I'll take a short break and come back to her, mainly because I want to try and absorb what she's talking (laughs) about at the moment.
0: (laughs) Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.
1: With HSC Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie By staying apart, we can save lives. We're chatting to family law solicitor in Limerick, Patricia O'Connor, mainly about wills in the current environment. And uh, Patricia, you mentioned the over 70s, so they have to cocoon, stay in their home. But I assume it's not just over 70s who are approaching solicitors in big numbers at the moment.
0: No, no, everybody. I mean, every range. I have people who made wills years ago. And their circumstances may have changed, and they just want to update them. Um, as I say, I have people who bought houses when they were single and didn't have children now they have children, and they're concerned about making provision for the children. Because the children will tend to be quite young. You know, people who bought houses in the last 10 years or so and started family, they're going to be, you know, certainly all under 18.
1: And you pointed out that you go to great lengths to ensure that the will is entirely valid. As you say, you know, you said yourself, skulking around gardens, and I'd say it in a small town like Limerick, people go, Patricia, what are you doing? What
0: are you We're doing so in Johnny's garden? All I'm thankful for at the moment is that the weather's been fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I think if I'm out in my Wellingtons and my raincoat, I'm going to look entirely ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, But what would happen in circumstances where someone contacts you, they want to change the will, but for whatever reason, they don't get to sign it? Would the previous will then have to be the valid one? Yeah,
0: your last will is the valid will. Yeah. That's the way the law stands. I mean, that
1: could be very oh. tricky, couldn't it? You know, because if if, if if a family knows there's a draft will and, and they know that it's different to the previous one, but for whatever reason it doesn't get signed and unfortunately someone passes away and it may have nothing to do with COVID-19, but it might, mm. um, can the family do anything to honour the second uh, most recent but not signed will?
0: You could enter into a deed of family arrangement, like put your, put the will through probate, and then after that, the, the, the family members, if they're all in agreement, can enter a deed of family arrangements and say, well, actually, this is what we're going to do. So X is going to get the house instead of it being sold, which was the wish to the previous will, or whatever. And that's fine if people can agree, but that's the big if. Um, in the event that people can't agree, there is a provision under the Succession Act to bring a challenge to a will. So a child can can claim, and a child it isn't somebody under eighteen in the context of of this aspect of succession act, but it, it's it's the issue of the person. Um, so you could be sixty five and be somebody's child and and bring a, a claim uh, against someone's will and say that they weren't properly and morally provided for in the way that that a prudent testator should apply or should should provide for their children. And,
1: and is there any risk that the current emergency circumstances? may lead to challenges to wills that even have been signed because there is an argument around duress or the level of anxiety, especially for people who are that bit older.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is a concern. I suppose, firstly, the level of anxiety, two separate things. The level of anxiety is is concerning because you... Anyone that I've done a will for, I have to say, have been pretty much previous clients, people that I've dealt with in in, in other things. If somebody rang me up and said, right, I want to change my will and I want to leave everything to my next-door neighbour or something like that, um, and and disinherit my entire family, you would definitely have concerns about that. Uh, There's the whole aspect of duress and anxiety. And in, in an instance like that, a will can always be challenged anyway. And there's a long body of of, of cases there where courts have set aside wills because they felt the person has has been pressured into signing them, um, as you say, duress, all of that. And,
1: and, and would you expect, Patricia, that at the end of this, a lot of people listening this morning who don't have wills or haven't updated them for a long time, including a lot of our younger listeners, will have wills at the other side of this?
0: I certainly would anticipate this. I mean, there is nothing like. This pandemic for making you realise your mortality, you know, um, and it's something that people don't like to look at. I have to say, it took me a long time to get my own will organised. Now it's it, it wasn't because of the pandemic, um, and it's done quite a number of years now. But it actually took time to sit down and say, okay, you need to get your house in order. You have children at that time; they were all under eighteen. You need to make proper provision for them. But people just don't like facing their mortality, and that's entirely understandable. But, you know, a colleague of mine said to me the other day, he described this as a period of reflection for people, and I thought that was a very good description. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are going to come out of this with yeah, I think
1: probably now a
0: clear idea of what they want to
1: do. I, w- I would have preferred to go to a retreat now for reflection than have it forced upon me by COVID-19, but anyway.
0: Well, to a certain extent, yeah, but uh, I suppose you have to make, take the, the point. make the I best take, of the situation. I take the point. The, take the other the... thing, actually, that I did just want to say to you there about people dying um, without their will possibly having been signed. In, in UK law, they have this provision, a thing called a universal will. We don't have it here. But wh- what that means is that they allow soldiers and sailors, and I think there's one other cat, we had a chance to check it, but it's something in the ilk of, of soldiers and sailors. Um, they allow them to make a will without witnesses, which right. will be recognised in the courts. Okay. So even if somebody was concerned that they couldn't get out or they couldn't get the will witness, I would say write down what you want and, yes, date it and at, at
1: least it. at least have it have something. Yes. Uh, yeah, I see what you mean uh, on paper. All right. Well, listen. Thank you very much. Excellent advice this morning. Very relevant to lots of listeners. Family law solicitor in Limerick, Patricia O'Connor.